Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. This morning, I'm thrilled to be preaching uh, to you. I'd love it if you'd open your Bibles to the book of Galatians in chapter five. And uh, we have been learning a lot of different things lately, but we've been learning this summer uh, about what, well, Galatians chapter 5, we've been learning about this idea, the tug of war, which uh, I asked Kyle to stay. Um, why don't you go on this side? Come on. I just, uh, he's going to help me with this. Med- come on, come on from the, you didn't put that earring on so people wouldn't see it. Come on. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle wants to show you this earring, everybody. Let's give a hand for that. We are, we are certainly not afraid of a little self-expression here. That's right. Uh, so we've been learning about this idea of the tug of war all summer, and uh, here, come on, you're gonna pull with me. If you ever, no, 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 you're pulling. Yeah, come on. I know, I know. Here, do you really not know how this works? That's good. And they and they say the band guys don't listen to the sermon. Uh, so, if you ever did this as a kid, you know how this works. Pull, we pull, we pull, and whoever can pull harder for longer, eventually they pull. You know, maybe it's into like a mud pit or into a river, eventually like you do that trick that I like to do, just like you tell everybody pull as hard as you can and then let go and then the other guys all fall down, you feel real smart. But the, the tug of war is a perfect metaphor for what we've been learning about all summer, which is what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five when he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. We've been talking about this for quite a while, and I know some of us are here every Sunday, and some of us are here at other frequencies, and some of us are guests today, but I think we can all get on this singular idea or point. It's shocking how hard it is just to do the things that you want to do. In your true heart, we feel this tug of war all the time between my normal self and my wearing a crazy dangling earring with an eyeball on itself. We feel this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Thank you so much, Kyle. And uh, there's this sense sometimes that I feel that you feel probably, why is it so difficult to be the person that I want to be? Why is it so difficult? challenging to live out the things I tell myself when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be like this today. Paul gives the, the answer a few verses later when he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. And what we've been learning, if you've been here with us, we've been learning that the only way to win this tug of war is to survive it, growing slowly stronger each day till I meet Jesus. 
So there's no magic pill that you're going to take where all of a sudden you're not going to struggle anymore to be the person that you want to be. There's no uh, like genie coming out in a Disney movie to say perfect words. There's no like, I'm just going to read this book or watch this video or do this thing and all of a sudden it's going to be fine. What there is is what he says, he describes it as a walk. Slowly growing forward. And I want to talk about the last thing in that list that he's made today, uh, which is self-control. Is what we're going to talk about today. We've talked about each one of them. Self-control in some ways, he starts the list with love and he ends the list with self-control. And both of these are useful to us. And it's purposeful that these are the things because love encapsulates, I think, all the virtues. And self-control is the thing that we keep trying to learn to practice the virtues. This term uh, about having control over yourself, over your wishes, over your strong feelings, it's only used a few times in the scripture. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul uses this term to discuss the need for controlling sexual urges. But self-control is about more than just sexuality. It's in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul uses this same word in a metaphor to explain the idea of sports, that if you want to do well, uh, there's some young people that come through the church that are in summer sports training, and they know that if you want to do well, you have to make your body and make your skills into what they need to be to win the games come fall or come winter. This is what Paul says, like a runner or a boxer. Self-control, I'm defining it this way, is resolve to resist the relentless pull of insatiable appetites. So self-control is when I get to that intersection, when I want more of something that isn't good for me. It's having a supply already of resolve to say no. That's really challenging. Uh, our normal donut place is closed today and so we had to go to the B team. And uh, I make this phone call every time we order from the place where I say, we'll have 10 dozen. And I would say the same thing. I would say, no peanuts, no powder. Because like when I was a kid, peanuts were fine. But now they're like roughly as damaging to the human body as COVID or whatever, I guess. And so it's like those people, if, like, if there was ever been a peanut in the building, I'm going to die. Cool. Not going to try to fight that or fix it. Just the reality. And then the powder, you know, nobody, it gets all over you. And then like sometimes you bite in, it's got like some weird thing inside of it. It's just, powdered donuts are kind of like, like playing pool or like, I love Lucy. It's just things that like my grandparents dug that aren't really in anymore, in my view. And then uh, we got the donut order. And it was, I think like mostly peanuts and powder this morning. And they were already over here. So, uh. They'll be getting a stern phone call from the pastor. But then I saw this one. It's the lemon filled. I'm going to be like just straightforward with you. I could hold this donut till like the day I go to heaven and never have the thought, I really want to eat it. <laughs> like I'm like not, I mean not, I, it's like right there with like, oh, that you never, we made this kale donut. Like you're going to love it. It tastes fantastic. It just, it does nothing for me. So I know, I'm just, and it's okay now. I know I've kind of set the, is anybody like, ah, I, could, I could do the lemon donut. Anybody, that spirit, a few people. Okay, so cool. See, this is great news. We can disagree in Jesus. So it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Uh, we don't need to start another church for people that like the lemon donuts. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. But for me, this has no pull at all. I mean like none. 
And for other people, you might be like, just about to come grab it out of my hand. And it, it speaks to the truth, uh, this truth about our need to grow in self-control. We all have different appetites. We all have different appetites. The, some things that worry me make me like, wow. And uh, with my boys, we have three boys, some of you guys know, uh, 14, 12, and 10. One of my favorite things to say is when we're like in an aggressive disagreement, one of our favorite things to say to each other is, it's okay, we don't have to agree about this. We all have different appetites. And the thing about appetites uh, is that they're never totally satisfied. They're never totally satisfied. Uh, we've all had that experience of eating a meal where you say to yourself, I will never need to eat again as long as I live after what I've just eaten. And then we wake up the next day and what are we? We're hungry, we're hungry again. And no matter how much time you may have been able to spend, I spent some great family time over the 4th of July. And I was like, kind of at that point where I was like, okay to go back to work. I, don't know if I hope that's okay to be honest enough. We spent a lot of great time together. And then by the time it was a couple more days, I was like, ah, oh, I just can't wait to, our desire for people. Our, well, I made a list uh, of common appetites. These are things that we like and want more of that get us towards the truth. Security. I want to feel safe. And what's crazy is we probably live in a lot of different ways in the safest place and in the safest generation in the history of the world, yet people are trying to come up with more ways to feel even more safe. And no matter how much money you may have, most people are thinking, how can I have just a little? We all want our, if you have kids, we all want our kids to, to do well. Maybe my kid is crying in the nursery, but it's not crying as much as that other kid, or whatever, you know, the spirit <laughs> might be. And we live in this day and time where people's homes are more beautiful inside than ever. I mean, just look, like look around this room. This is what people used to think was beautiful, like this brown paneling and the orange carpet. In like the 1970s, they were like, this is the best it gets. I mean, every person's house in this whole church probably looks better inside than this room that we're in right now. Because we live in this age where we're in search of another TV show, another product, another project, another a more beautiful home, better body. If a drink is good, why not three? If a three is good, why not six is something for some people. The thing about each one of these appetites, I hope you'll know, is that every one of these things is a good thing in the right place, in the right way, and in the right amount. Every one of these things is a good gift from God, and if you want to get hung up on the alcohol thing, I'm fine. Paul says that it's like good for your stomach. I'm not a big drinker, and for some people, they should never be in the same room as alcohol again as long as they live because of the things that they've been through. And for some people, you ever see like those people, they can like get the thing and hold it and take like one sip in six hours, and it does nothing for them, but they really enjoy that sip? But every one of those things is something that's in the Scripture that's it's a good gift. Enjoying, the, enjoying a good night's sleep, a little time on the screen, some peace and quiet. And we could make a longer list. But every one of these things is something that in the right amount is a great thing for us. And when it becomes too much, can really start to harm us and harm the people around us. And this is where self-control comes in. 
But depending on your temperament and depending on your personality and depending on the way that God made you, and some of them are more obvious than others, we struggle not to make good things into God things. We struggle not to make the things that we enjoy into the thing that we care about the most. A person who has a healthy relationship with God and a healthy relationship with other people should be often in the process of saying, is this too much? Anyone who's around me knows that, uh, anyone who's around me at all knows that I love to watch my kids play sports. Uh, but if that becomes more to me than God, it takes a good thing. And this is what's so sad. It takes a good thing and makes it into a gross thing. Those people who uh, work hard and build a business or build a career, build a life, and it brings money into their home and it's making a difference in the community, and it's useful in some way, it can become something disgusting or gross when it becomes the only thing they care about, where they can't stop doing it until it becomes too much. As you can tell, obviously, uh, to look at me, I spend a fair bit of time at the gym, and I, um, I see some of you guys there, actually, and it's always funny, like, when the pastor sees the person at the gym, we kind of do the, like, avert our eyes thing to each other for the most part, but the thing about um, the pursuit of physical health is that sometimes you get around people and you're like, oh, they're never going to be happy. That more, 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 more. And what is so tragic about an appetite run amok is that it destroys your ability to enjoy something good because it's become for you a god, do you see? And so uh, I want to take you to the scripture. I want to... I wanted to mention that not only things, but also emotions can be things. Emotions can dominate us. Some of us, um, our feelings of anger or fear or sadness or desire of validation can also be things that become too much. So I wanted to take you to the book of Proverbs, and I want to show you a few verses. And here's what I'm hoping is happening. So often, I want to just reset. How do we get to right here? The way that we got to right here is we don't want to be stuck anymore. Some of us, a lot of us, all of us, some of us are being honest about it. We get stuck in various patterns of behavior or sins. And we've been working this summer on getting past getting unstuck. And the way that we get unstuck is by walking in the spirit and cultivating the virtues that Paul talks about, of which self-control is one. So here's four Proverbs that I think are helpful. Because I don't think I need to spend a ton of energy trying to convince us this morning that this is something that a lot of us need to grow in. It looks different for different people. I want to just try to get to the how part. And then we're going to go outside and eat. So we'll see how that all, we'll just figure out a way. That interlocks. It all makes sense. I promise. I promise. Uh, Proverbs 16:32. whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Think about that. Let that sit on you for a second. What he's saying is in Proverbs, if you know this, maybe you don't, it's okay. Proverbs are generally true promises about the world. What he's saying is the person who seems strong 
is actually weak in comparison to the person who has control over themselves. And we could tell, I'm not going to do it today, but just think about how many faces I could put across that screen today of people who had it all and lost a bunch of it because they couldn't take control of themselves, because they couldn't restrain their desire for a substance or their desire for sexual something or their desire for more power or more money or more something, and they lost so much. This is why. Because a person who's slow to anger, what does that mean? We all have the same desire to be angry, but some of us have learned to harness it through the Spirit. Second one, Proverbs 25, 28, says a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So I love this picture. The walls that are keeping a person from falling into the trap of more, 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 more is that self-control that's built over the life, over life in the spirit. So what do I mean? I mean that I'm... I mean that our desire to withhold what is enticing to us from ourselves has a lot to do with the walls that we've built around us. So there's some people that a good-looking person walks by. It was crazy. Right before church started, there was this dude that came jogging by, and I like doubt any person in here has a bathing suit with less material on it than this guy was jogging by. Like, God bless him. It was crazy. but I was standing outside with about eight people, and uh, nobody did that, like, you know that thing that people do when they stop? This may be too honest. You know that thing that people do where they stop talking or listening because all of a sudden they're like, they didn't, no one would have had to undress this guy with his eyes. He was already undressed, basically. But <laughs> no one was like, but I've been in lots of places in the last few weeks where I was talking to someone and you can see them drift off because now we're watching some person walk by and what they're wearing or most of the time in the 2020s not wearing. That's what a person without self-control is like. They can be talking to the pastor and now lusting right in front of him because they have so little ability to harness their appetites or their urges that they have overrun them, do you see? Proverbs 25, 16, this one is good too. If you found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. We've been doing a fruit uh, along with each one of the virtues in this series, and we picked watermelon for today. Because for me, watermelon is the one that like some is good, I don't know if it's like this in your stomach, but some is good, but then you eat too much, and it gets kind of too much. Anyone else? This is, we can, guys, we're being real honest here. I just told you that there was some naked dude almost running by outside, and then I noticed it. So we're going to the deep end. It's July. I don't know. You know, who's, we're here. You see that? So if you found honey in the ancient world, think, is honey a good thing? So if you found a good thing... Just eat only what is enough. Why? Because if you keep on going and keep on going, you'll throw it up. Now, most of us in this room are adults or adults-ish. You don't see very many adults eating to that excess. 
but you see people doing a lot of things to that level of excess. You see people who, whatever happened during these few years of this COVID thing, got really worried about their physical health. And you see people who are just struggling to get back out into the world. Because is being healthy and safe a good thing? Sure, but it's a bad thing when it becomes the God to you. The other day I saw, I promise, I saw, I, I tried to take a picture, but I was driving. I saw a guy riding a motorcycle with no helmet on, wearing a mask. And I was like, if there's one person in the world that can explain to me like how those things make that anything safer, that's a tough one. Jack is really digging that. That's a tough one, isn't it? But safety and security is one of those things that can creep up on us, and we can think that more and more and more and more and more is good. Read your Bible. Your Bible isn't calling you to safety. Your Bible is calling you to honor God in Jesus' name with your life, and sometimes that requires doing things that aren't very safe. So you found honey. Just learn when enough is enough. Proverbs 21, 23, this is the last one in this section. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Most often for many people, not saying the thing that I so badly want to say is one of my toughest moments in self-control. We get to that, uh, there's a lot of married people in the room today, that moment where the other person is wrong and they know they're wrong, and you have that choice whether you're gonna kinda like put their face in it or just leave it alone. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue, in check is implied, keeps himself out of trouble. Okay, so, good, tracking with you, Pastor. I'm fine, yep, got it, got it, got it. I got it, I got it. So just tell me, how do I grow self-control? How do I, I'm in, cool. Well, one, I must understand and acknowledge that self-control is a muscle. It grows slowly with persistence, slowly with persistence, slowly with persistence. This is true of any discipline in your life that you want to cultivate. It's the same with any appetite that you're trying to harness or thing that you're trying to kick. Slowly, slowly, slowly with persistence, I can learn when enough is enough. I can learn the time allotted for work today is over. I got as far as I can. My family and God matters more to me than my work, so I'm gonna put it all down and I'm gonna leave right now. The way that that grows in me is usually like I get it right for a day, I get it right for a second day, then I totally blow it and I gotta like, okay, and start. Self-control is a muscle. Muscles only grow with persistence. I think that's clear and obvious. And then second, self-control is a mentality. This is the harder part for most of us. I have enough. This is like one of the least American things you could ever hear. It's enough. It's enough. Enough time spent playing video games today. Enough time spent trying to exercise today. Enough time at work. Enough. I've eaten. It was enough. It was enough. And that's a mentality that we have to cultivate that is, I would argue, very deeply spiritual. 
learning to say, God, what you've brought to me right now is adequate for my needs and I'm not gonna endlessly strive in a way that creates problems for me for just a little more, just a little more, just a little more. One of the obvious places that self-control is struggling and failing for so many people, especially if we're being honest, not completely and totally, but especially for many men is in the area of sexuality. And it is one of the components of that struggle is that the culture out there, outside of the walls of church, wants to tell you that happiness is found in more and more and more expression of your sexuality. In more ways, with more people, in more all kinds, more, 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 more. And that goes against, in every possible way, God's vision of human sexuality. And when people are told all the time, there's more and better out there somewhere. That's when self-control starts to create behaviors that really hurt people. And the way, one of the ways, that that can start to be harnessed is to reject the, that mentality that the culture gives you and say, no, what God has given me is enough. God has given me is enough. What God has given me is enough. God has given me is enough. There's actually a, we're getting close to the end now, a psychology in our minds that you may have read about this, you may not have. Part of what makes self-control and building it so challenging for us is that our minds are kind of hardwired to create patterns of behavior. They're like this, like I have a routine, and at the end of the routine there's some kind of cue, and at the end of the cue I get some kind of reward. There's lots of great books out there. I particularly like this one book called The Power of Habit. It's not a Christian book, but it taught me a lot about this. It's helpful. So the idea is uh, I go for a run. At the end of the run, I feel so good, and I have like that endorphin kind of feeling, and then my reward is I drink this Gatorade, or I go sit in the steam room, or I watch a few YouTube videos on my phone, or whatever, this kind of thing. I see it with such vivid clarity. I already talked about the donuts once today, but I see it with such vivid clarity with the kids here at the church. So many of the kids here at the church get in the door, and they have been like hardwired in their brain after all the times they've come here. We wake up on Sunday, my parents are stressed, we get over to the church, when we make it inside that building, what's my reward? I get my donut, and just by show of hands, how many families in the room represented, their kid has a certain donut that they want, and they're aiming for it the moment they get there, loud and proud around the room, come on, look. So it's teaching us, guys, that's teaching us something about the way our brains work. I didn't actually, design, it's a really clever way to get you to come back to church. I didn't design it that way. I feel very proud about that in retrospect. So if I want my routines to change, I need to build good rewards at the end. Anybody who's ever studied uh, weight loss would tell you that when most people start to lose momentum is at the beginning it's usually kind of easy or easy-ish when I'm following a routine, and then at some point I plateau and I stop seeing the same level of results, and most people when I stop seeing the level of results, that's a reward, I just give up and go back to my old routine. And so, I want you to just think for a moment about where you're struggling with self-control. So maybe it needs to be like, uh, for you, no matter what, I'm gonna stop work at seven. And when I stop work at seven, 
I got this drink that I can't wait to drink. I'm going to sit in my car on my way home. I'm going to listen to a song or a podcast I love to listen to. And that's my reward to myself for stopping when it was time to stop. It sounds so simplistic, but we're not that much mature, much more mature than those kids with the donuts are. We? we just hide it a little better in our adulthood. That when I create a new reward that is cued by my routine, that's when my behavior starts, starts, starts to change. And so many of us are stuck right here because maybe you know all the stuff that I just said. Because not only, so I just kind of explained to you for a few minutes some of the physical or mental part of it, which is all created by God and all designed for our good and also perverted by Satan and used for our bad. There's also this part. Sin is really enticing, and we need God's supernatural help to be able to overcome it. The closer that it gets to sin, this is why he says, remember this verse, we started with this at the beginning, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? We've talked about this before, but it's helpful. A walk is a metaphor for something that becomes so entrenched in your behavior that you don't even have to think about it. Right now, as I'm finishing this sermon, I'm noting that the band has made their way here, which means the time is done. I'm noting who looks bored and who wants to leave. I'm hoping that the food outside is ready. My notes are done, so I know I've covered all my material. I'm looking at it all kinds. There's all kinds of people in the room that I need to remember to talk to. You know what? One thing is not in my mind at all as I'm walking across this stage. Make sure you put your right foot down. Make sure you put your left foot down. Why? Because that's becomes natural. So when he says, put the verse back up, when he says, walk by the Spirit, he's saying, day by day by day by day by day, develop your relationship with God in a way that it becomes as intuitive to you as walking. If you walk by the Spirit, what is, what's the promise? There's a promise for somebody in church this morning. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Because we know this, we know this. The desires of the flesh, they're against the spirit. That thing inside of you that's saying, nah, that thing with that girl at work is innocent. I can talk to her. It doesn't know. Nah, it's okay. That, no, no, no. One more, one more piece of cake. Not a big deal. The, just, a, just one more drink. No, I deserve it. It's July 4th week. It's been a tough week. Just one more. That thing inside of you that's lying to you, that's telling you it's innocent and it's not hurting anybody, that's the desire of the flesh, and that is against the spirit. The desires of the spirit, they're against the flesh. Why? Because they're opposed. They're keeping you from the things you want to do. Why? Because the spirit is trying to draw you towards who I believe by faith you really want to be and drawing you towards honoring the God that you love. The flesh is trying to drag you as far away from that as possible. What the flesh is trying to do is to say, get down here in the dirt with us. That's why we say all the time about sin. What does it do? It, it overpromises and underdelivers, and it makes me pay more than I want to pay, and it makes me stay longer than I want to stay, and it makes me want to pay. I have to pay more than I want to pay. It's keeping you from doing the things that you want to do. So the antidote, the answer, is to grow slowly, 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 slowly. And then there's that part over here that I can do everything that I know how to do, 
And it's challenging, right? Like some of you, because of the DNA and the way that you were raised, struggling with workaholism or alcoholism or unrestrained sexuality. It has been modeled for you. It is strong. And so it is going to require strong in the spirit to overcome it. But by the power of Jesus, there is nothing grabbing for you that you can't overcome in Jesus' name. And so we talk about all the stuff that we can do ourselves. And I think that's helpful. I hope it's helpful. But then I get to this end part where I just want us to say, God, I need you to help me. 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 I just want to take a moment um, on that this morning. Maybe you could just bow your head. Or I feel like the Lord is leading me. Yeah, just play a little bit. I just want to give us an opportunity to, uh, to just offer ourselves afresh in the breaking of some bad habits or the overcoming of some appetites, what we've talked about this morning. I want to just give you an opportunity to offer yourself to God again. There's the process part, which is the day-by-day part. And then every so often, sometimes we have to get to that crisis part of just saying, God, I don't know, I got off track here. I got to come back to you. I just wonder if we could pray for some people this morning who uh, God is working through what we're talking about and speaking to them. If God is working through what we're talking about this morning and speaking to you in what feels like a unique way, I just want to ask, would you be willing to stand up and let us pray for you in a special way? We're not... uh, going to make you say anything. I promise we're not going around the room to confess our deepest and darkest sins this morning. Maybe second service, but not now. Is there anybody who's like, you're, uh, you're talking to me. There's something right here for me this morning. We're bowing our heads all around the room. Yeah, there's people. Uh-huh. Come on. Wonderful. Anybody else? nothing to be ashamed about here in the house of God. Yeah. Awesome. So Lord, I'm praying uh, with my voice, but I'm asking that everyone else is praying along with me. That every person um, who feels convicted by your spirit this morning, that you would strengthen, that you would over overwhelm them with your love, Lord, that you would give them concrete steps to take and faith for a new season ahead. Lord, as long as we're, as long as we're breathing, as long as we're moving forward, as long as we're still on this planet, we know that you are working and it's not done. And so by offering ourselves to you this morning, we're just saying, Lord, I, I need you. I need you. I need you, Lord. Would you please help me, Lord? I need you. I'm thankful, Lord. It says in your word, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I am grateful for the promise that you will meet each and every one who's come to you now. Lord, it's a long walk sometimes trying to live for you here on this planet. We need your help. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would overwhelm each one with a sense of your love and care for them. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Come on. It's been uh, wonderful to be in church with you today.
We're, uh, brunch is next. I would encourage you if you're newer or if you don't know some folks, it's a great place to meet some people and I think they're making some good food. It's going to be a wonderful time. We would love to connect. I'll be out there as well. So uh, please linger. It's going to be a good time. We're starting another service. And uh, the next few weeks, uh, I'll be around, but I'm not preaching the next few weeks. We've got some people coming. And uh, it would mean a lot to me if you would make church a priority in these times. Uh, my younger brother will be here next Sunday, uh, which I'm sure will be at least half like making fun of me. So you'll dig it, I promise. It'll be a good time. Uh, but we're really thankful. And uh, I just want to make special mention, my brother Chuck here, who's in the third row, uh, before we leave, and I don't want to end on a downer, but I want to just pray for him by faith. Uh, he lost his son over the 4th of July, and uh, there's a funeral later today, and he is walking by faith through a very difficult valley. And so I'm going to say a prayer for him and his wife Vicki, they're right there in the vest. Um, maybe Pastor Kevin, you should put a hand on him. I want to pray for them by faith, and then when I say amen, we'll be done. Thank you, everybody. Lord, I just, uh, I know for my friends here that they're choosing to look to you in faith, even through their trial. That doesn't mean that it's easy, and it doesn't mean that we don't wonder about the answers. And Lord, you know the whole story better even than they do. And I just want to pray, Lord, that you would do exactly what they're praying for, that you would allow this difficult thing in their life to be used for your glory and for your good. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would especially comfort them during their time of need. Like they've ministered to so many, I want to pray, Lord, that you would minister to them. I pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.